The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Topop. Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fofop, I'm Will Anderson and uh, joining me on the podcast today, podcast, I can't even say podcast, joining me on the podcast today uh, is guest Charlie Clawson. Gareth Reynolds, how are you, Gareth? Hello, thank you for having me, Will, on the Parfcast. <laughs> thank you. Imagine if we just, the whole thing you, was in this, like, terrible made-up language. <laughs> or if, if the podcast just keeps deteriorating. <laughs> Eventually, we're like, uh-huh. well, you know, my favorite, yay, yay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tip. I, I do think, and I have talked about this before, but I do think that uh, part of the reason that podcasts haven't become as popular yet as they should be, because they should be more widespread, because everybody has a device now that you yeah. can listen easily to a podcast on, yeah. right? And I think the reason is they're called podcasts. Yeah, like, I just think that, there's some yeah. people who are like, yeah. I don't feel like I'm a podcast person. Well, yeah, so what, what would be, I mean, so we need a rebranding. Right, yeah. it needs to have like a different name. Better radio. <laughs> 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 that seems to be. Have you listened to Fofop? What is it? It's a better radio it's show. It's a better radio show? Oh, I actually have never gotten into better radio, but it sounds good. Yeah, there's something about better radio. I'm not a podcast person, but better radio. Yeah, I like radio. I do like radio. Yeah. And this is better. Yeah. <laughs> and then I guess I would like better radio. <laughs> better radio. Sign me up. <laughs> Yo, you don't even need to sign up. What? There's got to be a catch. Get me the contraption I need to listen to it. The contraption you already have. What? (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe this. Well, it's got to cost a lot. It doesn't cost anything. Get out of here. I cannot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that might be true. I mean, I like... The truth is that when people do like podcasts, I mean, they fucking love them. And a lot of people, I think, just don't just don't give it a chance. You know, well, just won't. it's almost like I remember when All in the Family was on TV all the time as a kid. I was like, I just don't like that show. And I'd never seen one second of it. So I think people <laughs> would just have like you just have this thing where you're just like, I don't like it. I don't need to see it. I don't like it. How old were you when you... Oh, I mean, it it was in reruns, so it was like, I just remember it was always on TV. It was always playing in syndication, and I just hated the look of it, and I just never, I was like, and I've never seen it. I still have never seen it, because I just, I was always like, no, it'd be like, you know, we didn't have cable, right? and it would just be on, and I'd be like, no. The difference between this moment, (laughs) right, this, what you're describing right now, and if that was happening today... Is this? Yeah, I know. The producers of All in the what is it called? All in the All family? in the family. The producers of what is the All in the family? By the way, it was a show with Carol O'Connor and uh, uh, Rob Reiner 
uh, where it was just basically like just a sitcom, just like a family home-based sitcom. Okay, so it's yeah. a sitcom television program. Yes. Uh, so the producers of All in the Family, Rob Reiner, etc., uh-huh. uh, they were oblivious to the fact that you hated their program <laughs> despite the fact that you've never seen it, right? Yeah, yeah. So they just kept making it. Yeah. Oblivious to that fact. Yeah. But these days, because Twitter <laughs> and the internet and stuff, you would tell them that. Yes. Like, you know, yeah, that, that yeah. same thing. I, I hate your show. And yeah. they'd be like, there's a kid who's never seen it who hates it. Like, <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was better then. Right. Yeah. It was better. I could just sit there and just stew for no reason about right. it. Yeah. Instead of, like, have a platform where someone might see it. Uh, speaking of television shows, um, you were telling when we were just trying to test the levels of the microphones <laughs> yeah. just before we started. You were telling me about a reality television program that you were on. What yeah, was it? What was the show? It was called uh, The Real Wedding Crashers. It was basically the show, the movie, The Wedding Crashers yeah. was huge. Yeah, and I just Owen got to Wilson, LA, right? And Vince Vaughn, Vince Owen Vaughn. Wilson, blockbuster. And uh, and then so I ended up auditioning <laughs> and getting a part on this show called The Real Wedding Crashers, uh-huh. which was made by the people who did Punked. Right. Uh, and so it was basically. Fir- so, firstly, what I'd like to say is if sure. you're auditioning for this show, it is not The Real Wedding Crashers. Uh, like, if it was The Real Wedding Crashers, wouldn't they get. Oh, find, oh, yeah, for sure. They yeah. go and find guys yeah. who are crashing weddings. Yeah, crashing, yes, yeah. So, so, these, they so are right, from the, right from the get. Right from the get go. We've got a flaw. It's based on a lie. <laughs> the premise is a fib. Right. Yeah. And I will tweet them. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. You leave them be. <laughs> I don't like the look of your show. Um, I think your show has a faulty premise. Yeah. <laughs> so. So yeah, so I it was basically like you would go to a wedding and you would prank people. Now, do the, these people at the wedding know you were the going bride, to the wedding? The bride and groom knew that this was going to happen and uh-huh. everybody else at the wedding had no idea. That's the right way around. Yes. It would yes. have been terrible if it was uh, the other way just, around. Well, this way wasn't very heartfelt either. There oh, was a okay. lot of a lot of anger. <laughs> a lot of anger. Hang on, so what sort of things would you do? So we would like, well, like b- during the week, it, the show was an hour, first of all. It was on NBC and the show is an hour. Oh, it was on NBC? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So this was, yeah, this oh. was the thing. How many episodes? It was six episodes. Uh-huh. Um, and did all of I'll go ahead did and I'll, all go to air? I'll, I'll, said I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll spoil the ending of this story a little bit. Not all of them aired. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I think you know where we're headed here. Uh, uh, we have a destination. Uh, so still, ba- like, still in talks for a second season, though, right? Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> long talks, really, really long, 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 long years, years of talking. Uh, so basically, we would do stuff like during the week. You would fuck with them. So you would fuck with like the the best man or like the bridesmaids or like the parents or whatever. Like you would have a dinner and. Like a monster truck would end up in the parking lot and run over like someone's car or something, you know, and like people would be like, what the fuck? But then at the at the actual wedding, you would do a bunch of shit, too. Like I, at the first one that we shot, there was this dude. I was like a caterer at this wedding. So you have a little earpiece, too. Uh-huh. You have an IFB, which is where the guys in the van can sort of tell you what they want you to do or sure. like the premise or whatever. And so I was a caterer and there was this one like militant dude who was a little off 
And uh, he he was just like, you know, shit's happening all around. Like the priest cell phone uh, rings like Steve Byrne was on it. And like he was this priest and his cell phone is ringing up on the stage while he's, uh, you know, marrying the people. So like people automatically are kind of like not happy with things, you know. So there's this dude and he's like waiting in line for food. <laughs> And I hear in my there is ear... A, there's a fine line between what people consider pranks oh. and what everyone else considers ruining it. Well, the, the, <laughs> I think the problem with this show was that it was always ruining it. Yeah. It was like, I'm sure when they edited it, they were like, how the fuck are we going to make this look like people are enjoying right. these, any of this? Because by the end, people would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, And you'd be like, hey, everybody, we have an announcement to make. This is a prank. And people would be like, what? I flew in from New York, you know? And you'd be like, sir, please be quiet, because come on now. And then we send him to Mexico for like four days. It was like, dude, it was, it was unreal. But, but so the, the funniest one was this dude, he's waiting in line, and he's like getting food, and I hear in my ear, he already has some food on his plate. He has like salad on his plate, and I hear in my ear, take some of the salad off his plate. Well, what they had said was like, they, they, they didn't want me to like, they wanted me to like take his plate, but I just used my fingers and I just took a bunch of salad off his plate. And the dude was so fucking pissed. He went crazy. And he was like, what the fuck are you doing? And he was like, what the fuck? I want this fucking dude fired, you know? And I'm like, oh shit. And in my ear, they're like, uh, they tell me to go to like secu- the, the security area. <laughs> So then I'm out of the show for the rest of the show because I had to go, I had to like hang out by this huge security guard. But it was, yeah, it did not do well. It was, if you go on my IMDb page, for some reason the default picture is me in this chef's outfit and it's super embarrassing. It's really not a good look. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So welcome what was to that, Hollywood. What was that period of uh, your life like? Because you're younger, you've come to Hollywood, you get a big show on NBC. Yeah. Like, it, w- what was that period of time like? Well, I mean, one of the things I think that you, like, one of the things I think you learn out here is you learn how to keep everything in perspective, uh-huh. right? Like, so I don't think that's I not necessarily... A, that's not a lesson everybody in this town has learned. Well, no, but I don't... <laughs> I certainly don't think you arrive with it either. So it's like, I didn't really... I thought this was probably going to be... Because I ended up doing, like, uh, press on the Today Show, like, uh, me and this girl threw out the first pitch at the White Sox game. Like, so there oh, was a lot of shit. Are you serious? Yeah, and, like, it was getting okay, a lot well, of... Let's, let's not rush through this. We'll... <laughs> Let's break every moment of this down. I want to relive some of this. Okay. So you threw out a pitch at a White Sox Well, I, I didn't physically throw it out. I was like a groom to the bride who threw it out. So we were like on the mound together. Hang on, she threw it out? Oh, she threw it out. And actually... They summed up the two of you? and Now, again, well, I, I'm very... You know, women no. excel at sport at the highest level. Don't, you're in a safe place right now because this does not go to her throwing a fucking perfect strike or something. Right. Okay. <laughs> the idea was that she would take it from me and throw it. Like uh-huh. I'm about to throw it and then she takes it from me. You know, okay, I mean, again, a it's, it's a bit. bit. Yeah, yeah a it's bit. a bit. Yeah, people did not, were not entertained by it, did not give a shit, but it was a bit. But she, uh, Catherine Reitman is her name, and she is fucking hilarious. She is awesome. She's a hilarious girl. Just check her out. Uh, but she does not know how to throw a pitch. So before the game, and like they take it really seriously at baseball games. The first pitch, like some places, like if you don't throw a good pitch, they get fucking pissed. Hang on. Are you serious? Yeah. Like it, people, that's why like the president and throws are you out. throwing from 
the from the mound. Is. Yeah. So it's not not close either. It's not an e- it's no gimme. That's why like the president throws out the first pitch of the season a lot, and people are really like, that was a pretty good pitch. He threw a pretty good pitch this year. Um, and George W. Bush threw the best pitch, of course. Right. Yeah, because he's... All that spare time practicing yeah, he just, baseball pitching and not dude, being he president. Was just, he was <laughs> just in the <laughs> Oval Office right. throwing a baseball at paint cans yeah. 12 hours a day. <laughs> just, that was his fucking duty. Um, so anyway, so she, she doesn't really know how to throw a pitch. I just love that idea because it, it is almost like the sort of thing you could almost see like Dick Cheney and all that, Donald Rumsfeld and all those guys sitting down and going, look, we have to give him one victory a year. Yeah. Like what is the thing of all the things that the presidents have to do? Yeah. What is the thing that he is most likely to be able to get the skill set together in a year to nail? What can we make him seem really good at? Yeah. Yeah. What will he enjoy? What can we make him think is important? Right. George, you know, the, the terrorists see a perfect pitch. Yeah. I think they'll probably stop a lot of these activities. <laughs> well, shit, I should be practicing harder. That's right, buddy. You go in that yard. You throw that ball. All right, I'll see you guys later. You don't need me? No, we don't need you, bud. Go ahead, buddy. All right, thanks. I'll be back before supper. Be careful, George. Um, anyway. <laughs> so she, she tells me she doesn't really know how to throw a pitch. Uh-huh. I'm like, they take it pretty seriously. <clears throat> but she's like, whatever, I can do it. I'm like, okay. She, th- it, it goes about four feet before it hits dirt. It's probably like, I don't know, like 30 to 40 feet to the, to the catcher. Okay. It goes a matter of three feet before it hits the ground. It's, it's, it's not a good pitch. That's not a good sign. Not a good thing. Even I, as a non-baseball <clears throat> expert. They, they start booing. Uh, the crowd boos. <laughs> Pretty, pretty loudly. Now, We're in I'm Chicago. Assuming, I'm assuming uh, if it hit like, you know, three feet, the ground three feet, it didn't miraculously then like bounce the whole way to the catcher. Yeah, but like, even, I mean, it did it not. Because if it had done that, then I at think least, the crowd would have given you a pass. Then at least like... like if you threw it three feet in front of yeah. it and it bounced off the ground then <laughs> perfectly into the like The, the cricket glove. fans would be like, that'll you know do, that'll do, that'll do. <laughs> How is that? And uh, they booed. Uh, it did not roll towards the catcher, and then uh, she was very upset. She was, it was tough, because she, yeah. Had it was, she practiced? She had not practiced. Right. So why did she just magically think she'd be good at it? I think because, I don't think she thought it was that hard, but I also think because the people were, like, telling her to do this, you know? It wasn't like, it wasn't, right. it, it was sort of like the idea was this, so she was just kind of doing what well, she was told to do. If they think I can do, do it, yeah, I like, I can probably do it. Yeah, and... You know, nobody obviously took care of that first step, which would be like, do you want to practice or any of that shit? So she went out there cold. Right. Um, yeah. But it was it was crazy. And then I was like on the, yeah, like I said, I was on the fucking Today Show. So you, I mean, you really got a pass on that as well, though, didn't you? Totally. Because that could have been you. Yeah. Yeah. No, like and, you- I, I, and I would not have wanted to do it. I mean, you know, I would not have wanted to do it. No, fuck no. All right, so you're on the Today Show. Who was hosting the Today Show at that time? Who were you interviewed by? Uh, I think Al Roker and um, Meredith Vieira. It was just one of those real quick ones when you're outside the studio. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah, sure. just a real quick sort of okay, like you two minutes. You didn't get I wasn't. It, Lauer wasn't like, <laughs> so tell me the craziest thing that happened to you on the show, Gareth. Which is what I thought it was going to be. Again, you're so warped. Like when you get into this shit, you know, you're so warped. But I did picture, like, I pictured like the Tom Cruise interview where he's like, you're glib, Matt. You're glib. I pictured that right. with me, like a couple of dudes on stools. Yeah, you think, yeah, you think, oh, yeah. You know, he's got cards. The glasses are on for sure. 
<laughs> so I guess, uh, Gareth, you have probably learned something about the nature of love and romance through doing this show. I, I think, uh, thank you, Matt. Uh, I think that the, the key to this, this show is the heart. Um, I think you get to experience the love and the fun uh, with the couple. And I, I think it's the heart. I think that's what America will respond to. And uh, do you f- feel like a show like this is healing in this time for America? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think we all know the climate out there right now. And uh, I, not only does America want this show, America needs this show. <laughs> America needs this show. And it's an hour long with really hacky stings. And uh, America needs it. Speaking of the hacky thing, <laughs> um, I know that you are a Gordon Ramsay fan, so I yes. can talk to you about this. Oh. <laughs> uh, the Hell's Kitchen opening <laughs> titles. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Season to season are <laughs> the craziest things I have ever seen in my life. It's like if there's another season, he's going to be murdering someone. <laughs> the, Every, they always have these weird, well, it started. Plots. It started as like one, like a knife. It started as just like a knife laying on a counter, really. Right. And now it's like he's fucking like a ninja with knives, just throwing knives at everything. I know, and they're all in different, dressed in different scenarios. Yeah, no, it's like the beginning of a Bond film. Right, Yeah. a really poorly made... <laughs> like like a, well college, a college James Bond film. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. And the rest of the show is quite well produced. Yeah. And, they, and I'm like, do they do this on purpose? I, it like, has... They, my question is... Do they think it's good or do they also get the joke that it's terrible and people like it because it's terrible? I think they think it's good. My guess is they think it's good. Well, then how can I trust them about anything? I I think, look, I think what we can trust is that Gordon Ramsay can drive a show. So once Gordon Ramsay's at the helm, you're in good hands. He probably is just like shows up and is like, yes, where do you want the knife? Yeah, like this. Yes, like this. How's that? You know, one take Ramsey. Yeah, what? Well, yeah, just yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's how he can yeah. do so many shows. Yeah, he's literally. One take. He he must during sometimes during Hotel Hell just be like, what show is this? Well, like, Hotel well, the other thing about it, Eva, and all those shows as well, like you know, Kitchen Nightmares, all those things, they all have their own little tropes and memes as well. Yeah, like, and I yeah. do love that about that. Yeah, like on uh, like you know on Kitchen Nightmares or Restaurant uh, Nightmares or whatever that one is, um, where he. Like we'll go around and uh, he always walks out to the front of the venue to do that little it's, speaking to camera thing. It's the best. Like he's in a real rush. Like yeah. Just like, you know. A lot of times he'll be putting a shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times he's like, I've got a monthly task. No, those are my favorite. He goes outside of the restaurant and he's just like, uh, big night. Yeah. Uh, got to uh, pay attention. Uh, hopefully the new sous chef helps. Uh, but if they don't have teamwork, it's not going to succeed. And, he's, and then he's like, and then he walks away from camera. They don't even cut. He's like, I gotta go. I'm fucking, I gotta go. There's like a cartoon, like, dust cloud of Gordon Ramsay there. I've gotta go and record <laughs> me throwing a knife at something. <laughs> he's gotta go inside to shoot a different show in the lobby before he gets into exactly. the kitchen nightmares. And then I'm opening a restaurant on the way home on a plane. <laughs> so. And then I'll be, on my flight home, I'll be doing flight nightmares, flight mares, uh, my <laughs> new show where Gordon. I fix a flight. <laughs> That's pretty good. Dude. Gordon Ramsay on a plane fixing airplane food. Airplane food and the airplane environment. Oh, yeah. Like if you could have a Ramsay jet. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a good idea. Listen, we got to stop coming up with good <laughs> ideas on the show. Or we, we've just got to get one 
like producer. That's what we to need. Listen to the show. That's what we need. And then that's what you we know. Need. We come up with the ideas, and then you know during the week we get an email from them going, yeah, you know, here are the three or four pictures yeah. that we put together. We just get it. We're, yeah, we're just getting the mail every day. Yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. Right. Yeah. I'm, this is listen. essentially the break. So okay, so let's just say to the, the the hotshot producer out there. Yeah. <laughs> get ready for flight Gordo. I mean, this could not. I mean, here's the thing. And I know that like we're joking a little bit, but yeah. also if you were some hotshot young Hollywood producer and you're out there trying to find, you know, some new people with some new ideas, not the same old fucking tired shit. Yeah. Then in the last three episodes we've done together, yeah. we've come up with about six good TV yeah. ideas. Uh, yeah. So, so let's go. That would be a pretty good slate to be taken out to Hollywood. All right. So there we go. Right now there should be some wide-eyed young producer sitting oh. there like, hmm? And his eyes should turn into dollar bill signs. Just like a moment, like yeah. Eminem comes on in the background. Yeah, like, yeah. We know this yeah. is a pivotal moment. What if you were just listening to a podcast <laughs> and you heard some great ideas for TV shows? <laughs> you could literally go pitch those and just cut these guys a check. <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah, well, that's enough. <laughs> I think it was plenty. I think we, was plenty. I speak for everyone. And to be honest, he's not even listening that much right now because yeah. his brain's already. No, it's true. COVID. Yeah, it could just go to weird places in the notes. background. Doesn't yeah. Matter. What if you ran out of coupons <laughs> and he just doesn't notice? <laughs> but I also love that that's been his life up to this point. Yeah. That that yeah, was, wait, like, <laughs> like waiting bit, for other people. Like literally a minute ago. Like the idea that he was running out of coupons yeah. would have devastated him. Yeah. But now he's in this moment. He doesn't need that anymore. Like, yeah. He's, yeah. He's tearing up coupons. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's so making it rain. Making it rain with coupons. Woo! <laughs> Two from one socks. <laughs> Woo! He's laying on his bed like that scene from Indecent Proposal and he's just like covered in all the old coupons that he'll never have to use again. <laughs> ten cans of tuna for ten dollars, just rubbing it on his chest. I'll just be able to pay for tuna can by can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, coupon making it rain is good times. Yes. I like that. Um, so, yeah, uh, the, the opening titles of that is... Okay, so tell me... Uh, 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 we got sidetracked, of course. Uh, t- tell me about... It. Was there anything else that exciting that happened? Did you uh, no, it was, really, it, was, it was really just like one of those strange experiences where... Any network functions? Did you meet any other like, you know, fellow NBC stable mates? Uh, not really. You know what I did do was... And this was always funny. It was I recorded the... Um, you know, when they, you have in-flight entertainment, like the, a network will provide the in-flight entertainment uh-huh. on a flight. Speaking of a Gordon Ramsay makeover, uh, waiting to happen. I had to record some of those where you're like, hey, this is Gareth Reynolds from the, the Real Wedding Crashes on NBC. You're watching in-flight entertainment. I had to record like some of those. So you've got to imagine like what was going on in my head. I was like, I mean, this must be something, something. you know? Um, but yeah, but that, I mean, really, at the end of the day, it was just one of those good, good lessons, which was just, you know, don't, don't take anything for granted and don't over, you know, don't, don't get to the finish line early on anything. Just be, keep it all in perspective and like, you know. What, did they give you a, this is interesting to me because like, despite the fact that I've had, you know, some success in my own country and whatever, it's never been, like, you know, suddenly being catapulted, like, from a young person into this sort of big, you know, network and world and, you know, right. all those sort of things. So, I was l- lucky that mostly, 
my stuff always happened pretty gradually. Yeah. So I never had one of those moments because I often feel sorry for... I totally agree. For like overnight, you know, like people on reality shows or whatever and then they go off the rails. Yeah. I fucking get that. Because, you know what? There are aspects of like being known to people and I am not, you know, like, you know, not like... Anyway, what are you... Yes. uh, Yeah. But... If you ease into it and you do it gradually, yeah. you can kind of find your own space and ways to deal with it or whatever and say no to things and know what you want to do and all those and be in control of it a bit more. Yeah. But if it just happens to you overnight and you have no capacity or skills to understand it, was there someone giving you some sort of advice to keep it in perspective or no. was that just left to you? That was left to me. Yeah. And that's yeah. why they destroy people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. Well, I, I think, and I also think that if you, if you have to work you know, if you have to work hard for, I think, success in anything, I think you do, you just kind of become, like, I, I think you're exactly right. Like, if you, be, if you go to an audition and you're 24 and you book this role on this show and the show blows up, you, you don't really have any gratitude. You don't really have any perspective. You no. don't really understand how fucking crazy that really is and how lucky you really are. And that's why I think people become pricks. I think my friends who I've watched get really successful are great with their success because they had to wait for it and they had to be like in shitty commercials and they had to do bullshit jobs and like, you know, they had to question what, whether or not this was the right decision. And they're nice now. They handle it well. But I think you sometimes see people who got it so easily and they're they're not sweet good people <laughs> well it's, it's kind of like a, i think john ham's a good example of that yeah like john ham a guy who you like all that like you know worldwide superstar success came to yeah a bit later after he like had to struggle a fair yeah. bit and like work through it and that's why he just ended up still just being this like hilariously great yeah and he'll group. just do all this weird shit too because yeah. he like knows yeah I, exactly i th- but but it is true i mean i I, I I really think that I was totally probably at that time being like really cool and being like, oh yeah, whatever. But I also think in my head a little bit, there was the voice of like, dude, this could be fucking huge, you know, and like all that shit. And I right. think you just... Ashton Kutcher started on punk Yeah. Yeah. I and met man. Ashton Kutcher. 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 <laughs> And Ashton Kutcher, both of them. He they were both there. A, he has a spare. Yeah, yeah. There's a spare one in like a glass, <laughs> a glass case. He sends the lesser events. Yeah, like uh, he's at like used car openings and like. That shit. guy actually did the whole last season of Two and a Half Men. Yeah. <laughs> no one noticed. Yeah, well, he was having he was having a family. He was starting right, a family. Exactly. Yeah, so, so they put in Kutcher. They put in Kutcher. Yeah, and yeah. he's happy for the work. And he's great. Right. And you can't tell the difference. I mean, you really can't. In fact, some people actually think that And Kutcher they wrote around it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. The writers handled it well. I mean, that's the, the real compliment to them. Yeah. You know? That we're not talking about that switch more often. Right. And the other thing about it is that, like, I think that the difference between Kutcher and Kutcher is um, <laughs> that... <laughs> go, go ahead. <laughs> Okay, maybe not. <laughs> Each of them have their individual strengths, right? I, I totally agree. And their I, individual weaknesses. Yes. But what the writers managed to do yeah. is write to their strengths. Well, I think what they so did... So you didn't see the difference. What they did with Kutcher was, you know, they left him room to ad-lib a little bit. Oh. And I don't think that Kutcher is as comfortable ad-libbing. So they kind of put the, they kind of gave him those beats a little more specifically, which I think helped that that character a lot. Uh, no, absolutely. And then, the, but, but Kutcher... Mm-hmm. 
has that real capacity, I think, just to bring to be more in the moment with the lines that are written on the page. There's a better energy. You know? I think that I think it does bring a better energy. I, I really do. Kushner, I really do. I've always said that. He, he, Kushner likes it more when he's in the moment. You know, when it's his own stuff. Right. And then when he connect tries to connect with the words on the page, then sometimes you see his eyes go a bit blank. Yeah, because yeah. Kutschner. Yeah, Kutschner. He's not getting as much work. Yeah. He's just got a bit more passion. He, yeah, I think you feel the drive. Yeah, yeah you feel so. his passion. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he like he's just like doesn't get as much work because people find it harder to pronounce his name. Oh, it's impossible to say I his mean, last name. I don't even know how people do it normally. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's tough. I don't even know how it started. How could someone's mouth be so off to say that properly? I think it, no, I think it's an overseas name, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I I think it's a traditional family name. It's Czech, I I believe. Yeah. 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 Czech. Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) World's worst improv trick. Oh, yeah. That's good. I went and saw uh, some improv. Oh, okay. Where did you go? Uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade, UCB sure. Theatre. Sure. Uh, to see a show uh, called Shitty Jobs. Okay. It's on a Sunday night and it's a, like a long form improv uh, show. And uh, it has, uh, what's his name? DB Pearson? DC Pearson? Oh, DC Pearson, DC yeah. DB Pearson. Yeah, he's, he's also the stand in. Yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we know what we're saying. We're saying the same thing. <laughs> yeah, everyone go there. The Kutch Dirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> DB. Yeah, DB and Kutcher. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. It's easy for you to say. It's easy. So, uh, he's in that, uh, and a guy called Ben Glebe. Oh, Ben Glebe was on The Real Wedding Crashers. Are you, oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he'd be good at that, I reckon. Yeah. Like, because he's, you know, good at it. Well, there were six of us, and Glebe, yeah, Glebe is very funny. Uh, and some other guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it was, they did a pretty good job. And basically the first half is just like a long form improv sort of thing. And then the second half, they find someone in the audience and they tell them about their shitty job. And then they do an improv kind of right. based around that. Right. And I thought it was kind of fun. Yeah. Like I was like, I don't, I, normally I get a little uncomfortable at improv. Yeah. Because, and even at this show, because these guys are really good. But even at this show, and this is like a really, and I'm, I'm not... This is a, will sound so fucking arrogant. No, I but don't think it will. Basically, sometimes I just want to help. Yeah. Like some, and I know it's easier from the seats, by the way, than when you're in the middle of the improv. It's well, easy for me to sit there every now and again and think of something that would be heaps funnier than what you're doing. But the truth is, I think, I did, I did a fucking shitload of improv out here, and I think the difference is most of, sometimes you can watch an improv show and it is so funny that, like, sometimes it is so good that right. you really don't think that. You're like, I mean, there's, there's this show called Pete and Paul Explain It All out here, which is just two dudes, and they would just riff on, like, four different scenes. And, I mean, I remember the first time I saw that show, I was like, what the fuck is this? I mean, it, it feels like it was written, right. you know? But that's why it's also good to have, like, a premise to your show. Like, if you're going to do stuff about shitty jobs and shit... I think that helps, like, give it some form. Yeah. Because there's nothing worse than when you're watching Improv Struggle. You really are like, sweet God, like, stop, stop this. <laughs> you want to help, you know? <laughs> there was a couple of times where, like, uh, somebody in this, <clears throat> and again, like, I'm not trying to be mean. No, no, no. Um, but there was a couple of times where th- this one guy would just take one step too far in his thinking. Uh. So, you know, they'd be doing some sort of scene. And then just as, 
he's obviously been sitting to the side going, where can I take this scene? Yeah. Where, where can I kind of tag in and change the direction on this? Yeah. And two things, in my opinion, were happening. Okay. A, he was thinking about it too long. He wasn't like sort of reacting to the improv and just going, this is the moment. Uh-huh. But he was kind of trying to almost like prepare a, a way for it to go too right. much, which meant two things. A, his timing was really bad when he came in on things because the, the scene that might have been struggling when he started to think about that thing has changed. Has suddenly now changed and become yeah. this like other thing. Yeah. So his timing was terrible on that. But secondly, he's thought about it too much. So he's taken the next scene a step further than logically. Yeah. He's made a connection to something that happened 45 seconds ago. <laughs> Which is a lifetime. Yeah. In an improv scene. Yeah. You know? And to take an angle. And he would land in these scenes and like both times or three times that it happened during the show, you could tell all the other players uh, had the same thing of going, we not, no. like, not like you're a fuckwit <laughs> or not like anything like that, but just literally what we don't understand. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, I, I do, we don't understand <laughs> yeah. where this scene went. I've, and, <laughs> and like they're doing their best to kind of improv around the fact that they don't until yeah. they can. But each time <laughs> I just wanted to yell out, they don't get where you've taken them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Explain it more and this will go better. Like... <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, like the guy in a movie theater stops the people who are shouting at the screen. <laughs> the hero of the crowd. Yeah. I know from experience when you've like gone out like to initiate something and like when you're like doing improv and you're not clear and the other person doesn't right. get it and you've already fucked everything up like, immediately. You're just like, oh, shit. Right. It's just like you've come in. <laughs> yeah, you've come you... in, you've said something, and the person's like, I, what are we doing? And you're like, oh, I kind of only had it to here, so we're fucked, and we work at a sandwich shop. Yeah. So. Well, I think the most dangerous thing in improv is, because I think an outrageous <laughs> suggestion can be fine if everybody is uh, understands that it is an outrageous suggestion or yeah. an answer, then of course you can riff and play with that idea. Yeah. But the most dangerous thing, like the thing that really is like a f- full stop for improvisers is anything, a moment on stage when they have to think, is this a reference that I understand? Yeah. Because I don't understand What, it. what is happening What's is like happening the worst like the thing worst. to be thinking. Because yeah. if you, you, can, you can take a weird thing and run with it. Yeah. But that moment where you're like, Not, yeah. I don't know what to do with this because I don't understand. <laughs> and people what are this watching is. that. <laughs> people are sitting there like, Can you give me? What are they thinking? Can you give me one more clue? Yeah, yeah, like, a little more clear. Just something. I'm happy to. And this. <laughs> and this. When you're thinking that, and people are watching, that happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it, this that moment in improv where you're like. Yes, and, but first... Yeah. What is... Yeah, yes. What are you talking about? <laughs> Quickly. Real quick, and then we'll fix the roller coaster. I'm definitely on your... But what are you... Tell me again everything. <laughs> Tell me everything again. Just, I mean, clearly I know what's going we on. We both but, understand. But just to recap for... Into this tape recorder. <laughs> Tell me everything that you thought. I clearly know what's going on, but just explain it from your perspective. Let me hear you do it. I love how you do it. You do it. (laughs) I've always loved how you do it. (laughs) 
like an improviser that always yeah. passes to another person. Yeah, yeah. They always set up these horrible like premises. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, this guy's great. He's like out on stage and he goes, look, to be honest, this always reminds me of a song uh, that I wrote when I was in my teenage years. It's actually, uh, I do remember the song uh, from heart. Uh, it's uh, rhyming couplets that goes for three minutes and uh, the word carrot is featured like four times in this song and the whole audience is like, oh my God, he's about to like do this song. And then you just turn to the other person and go, but I love when you do it. Yeah. <laughs> Sets up things and then just, that's all the way, only way I play improv. That's the best though. That, that, that shit is so fun. There's the, I remember hearing Richard Harris tell this story um, about Peter O'Toole, like, and I'm sure some of the specifics of this are off, but basically the story was that right when they were, you know, they were both kind of uh, big in the theater, mm-hmm. and Peter O'Toole was doing Macbeth, and he had to come down the stairs and tell Lady Macbeth that uh, Macbeth was dead, and. So I think essentially what happened was Peter O'Toole hated it, hated the show, and was flying, flying out that night right after the show, or was, you know, some, I think he was like flying out of London that night, and so he, he hated the show, so he came down the stairs, and this was his last scene, and she was just sort of like, she just basically asks where Macbeth is, and he just is like, he'll be right down, and just walks off stage and gets in a cab and leaves. <laughs> So he'll be right down. He'll be right down. <laughs> and so she was probably like, "No, what the fuck?" You know. <laughs> I did uh, Shakespeare in the Park. Ooh, it's the only time I've ever ever done what you probably consider acting. Although people who saw it probably didn't consider it acting. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, it's an outdoor show, and a lot of it's played for laughs. So, um, what did you do? I played uh, a couple of characters, uh, Lysander and. I can't even remember so long ago, but one of the kind of, uh, you know, just the Tom Snout or whatever those people are. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, it was three months. No, not three oh, months. Oh, wow. No, no, six, six or seven weeks, maybe eight weeks or something, but like a decent stretch. It's over summer. It's in the Botanic Gardens in Melbourne. Uh-huh. So, and like, you know, 600, 800 people a night, like, you know, but school groups doing all sorts of things. Uh-huh. You know? And I saw it when I was at high school. We... Well, you know, it's like a real Melbourne tradition and it still runs. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I did that and that Greg Fleet was playing uh, the other kind of male character and so we would kind of play off each other as comedians and they'd let us kind of improvise a little bit, you know, in yeah, yeah. like crowd-pleasing sort of things or whatever. So it was kind of fun to do. And uh, But Fleety, you know, who's had his uh, you know, troubles with, you know, heroin for, you know, 30 years. Yeah. Um, he sometimes would just like, you know, lose his spot or just, you know, forget his lines or whatever. And he would turn to people and just go, what sayest thou? <laughs> so that they could be like, uh, methinks uh, thou have a feeling that we must. Yeah. So yeah. He'd be like, right. Yeah. But it's, it actually is one of those moments where nobody realizes you're lost in the audience. If you just turn to someone yeah. and go, what sayest thou? Well, that's the and thing about Shakespeare too, right? Like, like you have to be a real aficionado yeah, to yeah. go, hang on. Wait a second. Know? Wait a second. This is A. <laughs> I know they've taken some liberties with the script. <laughs> what sayest thou? What sayest thou? I did I did uh, Shakespeare when I was in high school and I remember one play a friend of mine took two hits of acid and did did the show. And uh 
and I was just looking at him when he was on stage. I, he got it. He had like three lines, uh-huh. and he got them all, but he would say them with a real weird look on his face, like just that he knew it was almost like just autopilot. But I, I was just looking at him, like, how the fuck is he doing this? Those are badass moments in your life, but you need someone else to recount them. I, um, funnily enough, this is like, I mean, well, this will sound like I'm bragging, but I'll put the con- uh, the story in context a little bit. Uh, I didn't remember this story okay. until I was listening to a podcast called I Love Green Guide Letters. Okay. Steel Saunders' podcast. Oh, yeah. And it's a great podcast. And I just happened to be listening to it today. And my name comes up, which is always a weird thing. You know, <laughs> so always... you're, you're like cleaning and then you sort of stop and look right. up like, huh? So uh, a guy called Limo, who I used to do radio with in Australia, a really funny stand-up comedian from Australia, Limo, and a great bloke. Awesome, awesome bloke. Uh, Limo told this story that I obviously had just blocked out because I did not remember... Like, when he first started telling it, I did not know where the story was going. Wow. Yeah, it's like one of those things where I'm like, hang on, what's this story he's telling? Okay. And I'm, and so he starts telling it, and people can hear him tell it. He listen to the Green God Letters thing. But um, basically, I'll just give you a quick summary. And he starts telling this story about um, one time when we had Dennis Rodman in on our uh, radio show. And Dennis Rodman... <laughs> was really drunk right and like just being a real like moody prick and whatever and so we're doing like a pre-record and he's flogging he's out there flogging some like it's not yeah he's not out there on anything good right like he's flogging some shit reality tv show or whatever <laughs> well like, keep in mind this is the guy who went to north korea and was like this place is great right yeah like one of the most terrifying men who ever played like you know basketball and yeah a really you know fantastic player for yeah. like a period of time yeah yeah uh, but like you know, a loose cannon. Oh, yeah. And so he is like blind and he's been a real pain in the ass. And I don't remember any of this again. <laughs> so Limo start, keeps telling the story. And then he's like, and then like halfway through the interview, we'll just stop the interview and just said, uh, and he tells it better than I could ever recount it. But apparently I've just looked at Dennis Rodman and just gone, uh, mate. This is my place of work, and you are being completely disrespectful. Uh, you're only here to plug your shitty, like, fucking reality TV show, and uh, we don't need to play this. Like, uh, so either you just fucking stop being a smartass and give us something good, and we will play it on the radio, or you can just fuck off. We don't give a shit. And to Dennis Rodman, yeah, like me, the little fucking white farm boy with his wonky hips from Australia, <laughs> just decide. I don't know what sort of day I was having that day. Yeah, I was going through a terrible, terrible, like you know, relationship break. So maybe I was. There you are. You were like, you were like calling out shit. Right. You were in that mode. But apparently, and this is the best bit, is then Dennis Rodman was like. I like this guy. Oh, really? And, like, took it like really kind of like respected that I like <laughs> called him on his shit and then gave us this really good interview. <laughs> so now I kind of vaguely remember that bit, right? But this is the bit that he didn't tell the story of because this is how much this turned around, right? This is all in the one day. Uh-huh. So Dennis Rodman said to me, you know, like after the show, hey, I'm in Sydney this night and I'm going to go out and party and I want you to come out and party with me. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go out and I'm going to fucking party. Fuck yeah, you with are. Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Right? So me and Dennis Rodman. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, Kim Jong Will. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Me and Dennis Rodman and like an, Dennis Rodman's entourage. Yeah. And like a bunch of girls, like maybe like 20 girls. Jesus. Have, um, 
like done a little tour of like Sydney nightclubs that I had never been to before and I have never been back to since. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like big popular sort of like places that when you walk into, you're like, hang on, this exists? Yeah. Why are people here? Yeah. But it turns out when you're with Rodman... It's like, fun. You know what the Rodman version of life is? Uh-huh. Rodman is what you imagine diplomatic immunity is like. Oh, shit. Everywhere so- that Rodman goes, Rodman gets what Rodman wants. Right. <laughs> Sounds like Hulk. Right. <laughs> yeah. Rodman smash. Yeah, yeah. Rodman smash girl. Yeah. Right. No, but that's what Rodman... Like, we walked into this place and he just wanted to smoke cigars in the corner and I was like, oh, you can't really smoke inside. And he, he just smoked and they just were like, yeah, yeah. I guess... Enjoy. I guess that's Dennis Rodman smoking. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck are they going to do? Oh, so uh, how... So... At one stage, they, like, they, got the, they got the DJ to make an announcement and they gave they gave us all free drinks. We drank for free everywhere we went. The DJ made an announcement. That Dennis Rodman was there, like he was smoking his cigar in the spotlight, giving everyone a cheer while everyone cheered. <laughs> and then we went okay. somewhere else. So, but what was? Were you guys talking a yeah, lot? We talked, and-, and you were just like shooting, just and then was. I mean, it must have been fun. I mean, it was fun. Oh yeah, and then we got. I mean, whatever the last place we got to, like you know, which was when it got kind of. I mean, it got. We went in, oh, this is what happened. We went into this nightclub in the city. Now, so this is a place I actually have been to before. It's in this really expensive hotel and it's like a really kind of like high-end like nightclub, right? Okay, yeah. And kind of like drinks bar slash club, you know? Okay. One of those sort of places, right? right? And it was packed and we have just walked up the stairs with these 20 you know, people or whatever and they've all come in and then they just went and kicked some people out of a private area. Like, kick them out. Get the fuck out of here. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Dennis Robbins here. And of course, that's the last thing I would ever do. Like, if, if anyone ever offered to kick someone out for me, yeah. I would go, oh, no, please yeah. don't do that. Right? Yeah, but still, but, under the guise of Rodman, it's a little fun in a way. Right, I'm going to slide <laughs> It's in a little on morbid. Yeah. I'm on the back, right. <laughs> Like, I'm going to experience this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to be the guy in the corner going, oh, gee, Dennis. Are they okay, Dennis? Are Can we check? Dennis? Let's buy them a shot, Dennis. No. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> yeah, you're the fucking king. So, yeah. So, then it got a little uh, sexy in the back room. Like, it got a little, like, you were like, oh, this is what your life is. Yeah. Like, there was girls, like, draped all over him. And, like, yeah, it was pretty... It was pretty insane. Jesus. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. That is a crazy thing. I got offered but did not have a threesome. Jesus. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. This is a, I mean, he did go to rehab. It makes sense. I mean, he was having a, yeah, he was having a, a pretty good time. You know, that's kind of how it works, right? You can kind of, you can either just take your lump sum up front of good times right. and just make them crazy for 10 years and then have no, you know, close that chapter. Right. Or you can kind of sprinkle them throughout your life more and then, you know. I think that's absolutely right. That's my ad approach. Yeah. Like I always say, like, you know, everything in moderation, even moderation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, never enjoy yourself so much. If you love drinking or if you love smoking pot or if you love like doing whatever that yeah. you love to do, never do it so much that you're not allowed to do it anymore. Yeah. You want to think, think long term. Right. Yeah. Totally. Or, or if you're like, well, I don't want to really be doing this when I'm 40. Get it all done before. Then have it. Then fucking enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the de- that's basically the deal with drugs. Like right. I feel like with real, you know, with like drugs, I feel like, you know, I got those, I got those out of the way. Right. And now it's like, yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, uh, I can just settle in. Bed, bed seems better than. Right. I mean, look, every now and then, <laughs> yeah. but it's when someone's like, 
all right, I got cocaine. Let's go to an after party's place. It's like, eh, I'm going to get, nope. I'll watch DVR. Yeah, I mean. DVR sounds pretty good. Yeah. DVR is a good thing to snort. Right. (laughs) Take a rip of that. DVR does sound like a club drug. Yeah, have you tried some DVR? Hey, little DVR, you can can see any show you want when you put this in your mouth. (laughs) It's like Netflix in a pill? Yeah, yeah, pill Netflix. Have you tried the new pill Netflix? That's a good idea too. Uh, by dude, the way, uh, there if we go. All right, so that, here we go. Little anyone producer, in the, anyone in the tech industry? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're looking to make a drug that gives you uh, access to a ser- tons of series, movies, documentaries. Well, I mean, that's better than having to watch it on your tablet and whatever. And also, makes way it, better. And you can get a lot of your work done. Maybe you can like it's one of those things where you can like sleep, but you can always catch up. Also, oh, catch up on your shows. But also, like when you sleep, it would just automatically shut off and pause. For oh. when you wake up, you know, this is back. Awesome. Yeah. And I imagine if you like had a disturbed sleep during the night and it came on and off, but you were having dreams, yeah. then those plot lines would like actually uh, You're living your favorite movies. It would be right. You're like essentially the opportunity to write your own fan fiction in your dreams. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Let's get on this. Yeah. That's, there you go, big farmer. We need a chemist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need a goddamn chemist. All right. Let's have a traditional pause in All the middle right. of the podcast. Sure. And we're back. Hello. What would you like to talk about, Gareth? Oh shit. Um, I don't know. What have you been doing? What What have you been up to? What's What's been going on? Have you been watching anything? Have you been? I just finished working on a show for months and months on Friday, so I've just sort of been sleeping (laughs) and watching TV, and that's really what TV have you been watching? Uh, I've been watching. I've been catching up on Vice. Do you watch Vice? Vice. Yeah. You watch no. Vice. Vice. Oh, dude, you gotta What's watch Vice. Vice. Vice is the best. Vice. Did like, we talk about this last time? I don't think so. Okay. Maybe we did. Well, maybe we started talking about it. And then yeah. Then, then, yeah. And then we moved on. Obviously, it really sunk in either way. <laughs> either way, I told it in a good fashion. But I was just about to make a joke where I said, "Do you mean Miami Vice?" <laughs> no, I know like, we haven't done this. And I'm like, I remember that one. I'm like, I've made that joke before. I had deja vu. <laughs> deja Vice. <laughs> You'd already done the Vice bit before. Uh, Vice is a, a great show uh, because it really is like just a, a half-hour documentary series. Oh, okay. Where it's just they'll do two stories per episode. Oh, is, of it, Vi- some, is it like Vice TV? Is it yeah. Like Vice the Vice the internet site internet or magazine. It is? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, it is like the stories they cover are things that are so. It really makes you just feel. You know, like, I think one of the things, one of the problems we have now is that we don't necessarily see the actual issues up front and and close to us. So we're almost able, like, if you think about California and its drought, like, people really aren't taking it that seriously. Um, and I think it's because you don't see the damage yet, you know? And I think once you see that, then you obviously are like, oh, shit, we need to change things. But for some reason, I just don't think we're able to sort of rationalize that for whatever reason this show i think shows you a lot of the things that you should be thinking about and talking about you know like whether it's the ice caps melting or whether it's um you know bangladesh like what the pollution in their water or you know how to like the fact that they're starting to they found a weird way to maybe cure cancer like serious cancer like things they they there is this sort of experimental procedure they're doing where and the results have been pretty crazy where 
people who are, you know, like terminal, terminal cancer patients, you know, whether it's bone cancer or brain tumors or whatever, they'll inject them with a mutated version of a disease. It's, it sounds like World War Z. Uh -huh. They will inject them with a mutated version of a disease that we've already either eradicated or they've mutated enough so that it, it won't affect the person, it'll uh -huh. affect the cancer. So sure. they inject people with smallpox, measles, and even AIDS, and it will start to eat the cancer and eat the tumors and leave it does the body. feel like you might be describing the prequel to Mad Max. You know what that is, what I'm doing. <laughs> that is, I'm sorry. I was reading, that makes sense. That, that does, last one is actually... It does start, that, sound like the start of a post-apocalyptic yeah, movie, right? that's my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got those two mixed up. Then opening credits... Yeah, it's just articles. <laughs> yeah, I love when they do that. When it's just like headlines, just like, "Will the zombies get? Will the zombies be stopped?" Yeah. Question mark. It'll be like, yeah, scientists think miraculous breakthrough for cancer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. scientists warn vaccines might be dangerous. <laughs> scientists say everyone has AIDS. <laughs> and then it's just like a couple, like in a kitchen, just like, "Hun, what are you thinking about? Just how things used to be." Before everyone had AIDS because we tried to beat cancer. <laughs> I took it to a dark place fast. No, but that's kind of what... I mean, there is... Yeah. It, it's the big one, isn't it? Because, I mean, a third of people or something eventually get cancer of some form. Oh, yeah. Well, you... I mean, I... like Because we're not meant to live this long, so our bodies essentially just start to try to kill us in any way they possibly yeah, can. Yeah, no. We're, well, and I and more... I mean, like... you like I mean, I think, obviously, you don't know exactly where what causes cancer, but you do know that there's links from cancer to a lot of things, which are, you know, chemicals that are in you know, things we breathe or things we eat or things we drink. And, you know, I mean, that is, you can prevent that a good amount. But, right. But yeah, still everybody, I mean, you know, my mother had like a tumor uh, a couple of years ago and it's fucking, it's crazy, man. When you're going through, when you're just in that headspace with someone that you love, it's just so fucking nuts. So why are we not doing this? Why are we not injecting people with uh, zombie I, It's still, and... it's still, I think it's like very early. Like there's, it's still very early and, you know, but, but Vice shows you three or four different stories of people who are, you know, dying and then get this treatment and then go into remission and, you know, are, are if not better, um, at least on the road to some sort of like recovery, you know. Interesting. Yeah. That'd be amazing if they managed to cure cancer in our lifetimes. Yeah, that would probably be. I, I was. I, I. I think about this occasionally. Like, what major world events will you live through in your lifetime? Yeah. And we may not be cognizant necessarily of what the you know the ramifications of events that are happening now will be like when future people look back on them. But I. I think that with the dollop all the time. Because that is about like retrospective history, and I think I always think of like what's going on around us now, as like what are our like stories, you know? And they're fucking nuts, right? They're so there. It is one of those things where you kind of like, well, the internet would be big, obviously, yeah, because that's going to be a big moment when they look back historically on yep. like how the world changed. Yes, how the Terminators took how over. The Terminators took over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and where was the where was the splinter? I mean, seriously, did they? I mean, heaps of people saw those movies. Yeah, yeah. We just don't understand it. Yeah, we can't reconcile yeah. the Terminator franchise's box office draw with the fact that they still invented yeah. the same machines. Yeah, that destroyed somebody them. like eventually they'll be like, I mean, the Terminator would look like this, and we'll be like, this is gonna be sick, <laughs> fucking Terminators, bro. Woo! High five and. 
<laughs> President Terminator. Man, this took a turn. It turns out that the, t- the first thing the Terminators actually did was sent back someone in time to make the first Terminator yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Because it, ha- it actually was the biggest PR yeah, move. Yeah. Uh, because they thought it would actually be a negative thing. James Cameron is a Terminator. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. There we go. That's why he's got all that access to that futuristic yeah. technology. Yeah, that's why films. he's living underwater without anyone questioning it. Yeah, he's been underwater for like four years. That's why when there's an oil spill or whatever. Yeah. Like... That's the perfect cover. Yeah. For a Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. James, James Cameron. Cameron. Or is and the then Terminator. what and then what happened is like he had other things he was supposed to do after he made the movie, but he just sort of liked Hollywood, so he just sort of kept making films and in the future they're like, What the fuck is he doing? Or maybe he needs the technology he's developing for nefarious like, you know, uh, oh, needs. Yeah. But he needs a cover for that. Yeah. And like what better? It's like your Bruce Wayne thing. What yeah. better? Like you can have all yeah. your tech and stuff. <laughs> Like, I mean, you can't be Batman if you're, say, say if, like, uh, what's his name? Mark Zuckerberg wanted uh-huh. to be Batman, right? Oh, uh, that's already a great visual. Right. So Mark Zuckerberg decides one day, I've got all this money and I want to help the world. I'm going to, you know, get myself a bat outfit and I'm going to be Batman. Yeah, Zuckerbat. He's, he's going to still have to, like, he's going to have to employ people. He's going to have to contact these military institutions and have to start making him these like high tech weapons and yeah. stuff. There's going to be a paper trail. People are going to know about it. Like yeah. it's a really impractical thing to start. Yeah. But if you already have a big company who has the perfect cover, that can then make that, these it's things, just, yeah, it's right. That's right there. It's right there. <laughs> yeah, it's just the back so, door. Like, this is the perfect scheme. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the deal. I mean, James Cameron. James is a Cameron Terminator. is a Terminator, obviously. We've proved it, and I mean, all that Avatar shit. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, exactly. And then he's uh, like, "We're making another three. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. So you clearly have to work on some sort of yeah. Technology I'll be back in seven years if you guys need me. Wasn't very suspicious that when there's a worldwide oil spill, the first person we call is a Hollywood movie <laughs> director. A director. Well, get Cameron out there. Right. Hurry up. Is that really what's going on? Uh, now, uh, now that we're talking right, now about that it? major world no. events? Yeah. Hey, guys, I think there's a tsunami in Indonesia. Is Joss Whedon available? Yeah, well, let's get him out there. <laughs> Send Brett Ratner to Nepal as soon as possible. Hurry. We've got a Sofia Coppola situation <laughs> in Bangladesh. And they just keep sending M. Night Shyamalan to th- disasters that don't exist just to keep him from stopping to make films. No more films. Like, And uh, M. Night, we're going to need you to go check out that volcano. And he's like, is it erupting? And they're like, yeah, yeah, go there for six months. Right. Stay focused. There'll be a twist. There'll be a twist. <laughs> An awful, 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 awful twist. All right, M? Let's see you, bud. <laughs> M. Night. <laughs> That's how you say goodnight to M. Night. M. Night. All right, I'm going to turn the lights out. M. Night. <laughs> M. Night, kids. That's how he says it. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> M. Night, kids. All right, Dad, M. Night, my love. Dad, it's not catching on. No, come on, guys. It's 9 o'clock. It's time for M. Night. Lights out. M. Night. M. Night. M. Night, Carla. Come on, guys. You've M. Night, Sean. You've watched M. Night, Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, stop doing this. Doing what? I'm not doing anything. I'm just saying I'm night to you, and I loved watching some M. Night Rider. Let's go and watch the dark M. Night. Yeah. It's not called that, Dad. Uh, it basically is. Come on. By the way, that movie, oof, oh. terrible. Could have used some <laughs> weird, weird plot. <laughs> Could have used a weird monster that goes nowhere. <laughs> anyway, M. Night. Dad. M. Night. 
I said M. Night to you. M. Night, Dad. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Um, yeah, right. Well, there you go. That's, that is a Hollywood. Cons- that's a pretty big Hollywood conspiracy that James Cameron is actually a Terminator brought back to. Oh, I thought you meant that M. Night Shyamalan said M. Night. I mean, either the, of those. They're both big. M. Night would be happy for that. Oh, no, M. Night's involved in a new television program, The Wayward Pines or something. It's but that's called. Cra- it's, it's crazy. I mean, he was, he was on the cover of Time magazine, like the next Spielberg. And now, like, he should be directing industrial videos for corporations. Do you reckon Spielberg's at home? Like, and he has like a collection of those things. Uh, whenever anyone he's been called the next Spielberg, uh, he's and just they're like, up on the wall in his den. Yeah, and when they when it's declared, like he gets that Time magazine when it comes yeah. out. This okay. While we're inventing Hollywood conspiracies, yeah, here's another one. This is my it, that every time somebody's been called the next Spielberg, because that would have happened so many times. Yeah, it's right? happened a number of times. So here's what I imagine Spielberg does. He's just at home, quietly, in his office that he's got at home, in his, uh, in his basement. Yeah. It's a basement office that sure. he has at home. Yeah. Just for his private, you know, what projects he's working on and yeah. that sort of it's thing. It's his little apartment. It's not his official office. He's just, just like... It's his, his home, home office. Because he right? can really work from home. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so uh, he goes down into that office and he just carefully tears it out and he puts it up on his wall uh-huh. with the ones that have come before and the ones that will be there in the future. Yeah. And then every time when, uh, you know, something happens like an M. Night, he just silently goes up to the wall, takes out his uh, marker pen, and he just puts a cross. No, you know what he does? He goes to his drawer, and he takes out 30 Gordon Ramsay knives, and he does the Kitchen Nightmares opening (laughs) to it. He just fucking slings blades at it. (laughs) And it looks fucking weird. You're next, JJ. Yeah, yeah, JJ's right next to it. Stephen, what did you say? Uh, nothing, honey. Nothing. You didn't throw knives at a picture, did you? Babe, close that door. Close that door, hon. M. Night. <laughs> Have a M. Night. Hang on. Stephen, did you say M. Night? I said close the door. What did you say after that, though? I just was saying our M. Nights. M. Night to you. Stephen. Close the door. I, hang on. I will close the door in just a second. Please. What, what you said? I said, I said close the door. Yeah, what did you say? M. Night. Voice? M. Night. I'm closing Cl- the door. Thank you. Me. M. Night to you, hon. I'll be up in a bit. Say M. Night to the kids for me. <laughs> I've closed the door. <laughs> Open it for a second. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, that's interesting. Well, yeah. That's, that's good. Uh, what else have you been watching apart from Vice documentaries? Um, I watch, uh, well, I, you know, I told you I watch a lot of Naked and Afraid. Bar, right, so, how about, have we talked about Bar Rescue? Tell me about Bar Rescue. Bar Rescue is like Kitchen Nightmares, uh-huh. but with this guy named John Taffer. I think I have told oh, you yeah, about you this. Might have told me yeah, about all this, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, we shouldn't okay. do that again. Well, that's all right. That's fine. <laughs> uh, what have I been watching? Maybe I can tell you about something that I've had a look at. Um, have I been watching anything that's like. Uh, Great and terrible. Oh, do you, you watch Survivor? Are you a Survivor fan? No. I, I mean, I know Survivor, but I haven't watched a lot of Survivor. Uh, the most recent uh, series of uh, Survivor was uh, white collar versus blue collar versus oh, wow. no collar. What is no collar? Uh, that's like people who just kind of like free spirits. 
Oh, okay. Wow. No yeah, collars. No collars. We've invented, they invented a collar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no collars. I just expected it to be a bunch of wild dogs. Yeah. <laughs> no collars. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a bunch of wild dogs. Yeah. That's, I mean, they've made 20 seasons. It's There's time. A point. It's time There's for a team like, of dogs. Yeah. Or Jeff Probst just like, because like, the only episode that is live that yeah. can't edit is that final episode that goes out live. So Jeff Probst just decides he's going to just like free, more, free spirit. He just goes, next year on Survivor. And a pack of wild dogs. A pack of wild dogs. And then, like, the dog voting takes forever. They're like, God damn it! He just doesn't understand the voting. None of the dogs understand the... uh, We've been here for 20 hours. Good God. Just put your paw on one of the boxes. (laughs) Now, is there, like, an Australian survivor? They made... Because Mark Burnett, he's Australian, right? Or is he... Where's he from? He, uh, he, I think he's from here. But uh, uh, Mark Burnett did, they made, I think the second series ever of Survivor was Survivor Australian Outback. Uh-huh. And so they made it in Survivor and they, most of the crew, I don't know if most of the crew, I, a lot of the crew, uh, at least for a long while, were all Australian because the crew that they used for that series were mostly Australian and they liked them and they ended up going everyone being the Australian crew. Uh-huh. And often you'll find the doctors and stuff, the medics when they come in, like have Australian accents. Right. Which I find, always find that, like I'm like, oh. Yeah, oh, yeah, representing. Kind of yeah. The new Aussie doctor. The important guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, you never get a shout out of Australians <laughs> Get a bunch well of overseas. American shitheads and then have them overseen by Australians. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. And system. make them think they're in charge. Well, because if it was an American doctor or whatever, yeah. they would have to be like, you know, they'd have to go through a process, there'd be a co-payment. Yeah, they'd have to yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's so much paperwork. They're like, we're just getting Australian. Yeah, you're going to have to cut your finger because you need to fill out a lot of this paperwork. Uh, Amazing Race. Do you watch The Amazing Race? I haven't really watched. I mean, I know what it is. I haven't watched a lot of it. Do you watch Shark Tank? Oh, okay. So Dragon's Den? I I have never watched any of these shows. Tell me the appeal of them. The appeal of them, well, what's fascinating... a business, right? Or, or a, a business an invention, right. uh, uh, whatever it is. Some sort of opportunity where they need someone to invest. They need one of these rich people. So we could take, like, say, our Netflix pill. Yeah. Two sharks. Two tank. five sharks. Right. Or five dragons. Uh-huh. And we would... Walk in five dragons. I mean, seriously. Five, five sharks, sharks or, or five, five dragons. dragons. Just a couple of grown men. I think we've identified <laughs> the, a part of a our problem. history that yeah. will be laughed at in the future. <laughs> I think this actually, this is a really, it, what's funny about it is that it is people who don't have money and are trying to make money talking to these people who are like, exorbitantly more rich than them, asking them for money. And what I always think about that is interesting about it is that it's so fucked up that we embrace that premise that like, can we kiss the ring of a billionaire to get them to give us a scrap of money? Whereas why not be closer? Yeah. But the idea that we're not like, this is bullshit and not how our lives should be. The fact that we're like, man, I would love it if they just give me 20 grand. Yeah. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it actually be better if everyone who had a great idea had equal opportunity yeah. to pursue that and you and, and everybody was closer money-wise so yeah. that you could you know, actually invest and start a small business right. or any of that shit. But that being said, it is fucking a great watch. 
Right. Yeah. So we could pitch they, one of our ideas to these sharks or dragons. Yeah, we would need to prep. We would need. Now, we would yeah. Need, how does it work? What sort so of? So you thing? walk in. You walk in through these double doors. Do both of us do the pitch, or is like? One I think we would time? both do the pitch. Okay, okay, I okay. think we would work out a pitch before. Uh-huh. We'd be very scripted. I don't know if we'd keep it loose, especially okay. you and I. If we kept that loose, never get to the, they'd be never like, get "What the is the product. idea?" We'd be like, "Hold on, we've come up with a better idea." I think. I Why think are a better they talking idea. about M Night Shyamalan? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so this is called M. NyQuil. Uh, it's to have a better M. Night sleep. Guys, sit down, everyone. Sit down. Sit down, sharks and dragons. Oh, my. Uh, but so you walk in. You have, like, your pitch prepared. You know, let's say, like, this one woman came in with this thing called the Spatty Daddy, which... Uh, what? The, what? The Spatty Daddy. The Spatty Daddy. Actually, the best one to talk about is... That was that was one that would help you scrape women or whoever scrape makeup out of the very bottom of their makeup. Oh. So it was like this long spoon. It actually ended up doing well. But this one woman came in with a toilet training system uh, for cats. Okay. Where I don't know if you've ever heard about this, where cats will go to the toilet in the toilet. Oh, the human toilet. The human toilet. I've seen videos. Yeah. So it was a training. It was a thing that like it was a way a system to train your cat to to do this. And uh, I can't remember what it was called, but something like the Spitty Kitty or something, you know, cute. Right. And uh, so she comes in and she pitches this thing. And, you know, some of them are like, what the fuck? But somebody gives her the money. And then that product is like in, you know, Walmart and, you know, all these big stores here now. So she's made a ton of money. The shark has made money on their investment. So it's a matter of, pe- but then people but also- come in and. She may well be the first step in the evolution of the cats killing us all. I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, we're just, learn we're just, the toilet. they're flat. I mean, what, what really? I mean, what's next? They're going to be like, cats are going to be cooking? The only, like, I mean, the only redeeming feature, like, because here's the thing. Cats already think they're better than us. Yes. Right? Yeah. Absolutely no doubt Listen, in the world. Any they, animal that walks around with its asshole exposed is not, like, doesn't have respect for you. Right. Yeah. And sh- but the only thing that's keeping them level with us is the fact that they have to shit if, that's why this, you know, if you ever look, try to look at a cat when it's going to the toilet, yeah, man, yeah. like they yeah. hate it. Yeah, yeah, they hate it, yeah. and it's the one thing like they want to kill yeah. us, but yeah. they're like, you know what? You're loving this, aren't you, this, asshole? Yeah, fuck yeah. you. Yeah, right. Yeah. The minute we let them shit in the toilet, it is that. Yeah, they get their respect back. Yeah, we are in trouble. Yeah, no, that's not going to be. A, it's a matter of time. Yeah, You're gonna let them drive. A cat will be running for president. It, it turns out this is why the Terminators sent James Cameron back. Yeah, for the cat race. They've seen that like the real threat to humanity is the cats taking over. <laughs> and it was that weird fucking toilet that was invented. Because this is the thing. That's what we talk about. You know, future. You never know. No. Like, what I will mean, be? What is the seed? As silly as that sounds. Yeah. I mean, of course, it's not going to be that one thing. But... Many things start like that. Yeah, that one invention or that one—the one moment. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I mean, not to take it away from the city kitty, which I think is what it's called. Uh, it, the shitty kitty. The city kitty. Uh, yeah, I think okay, it's called better, city kitty. Shitty kitty. Shitty be. kitty is pretty good. <laughs> so the name's a problem. Uh, that's a tough name. Shitty kitty. Shit, yeah. It describes what it does. Shitty, shitty kitty. Shitty kitty go city. The shitty kitty city. The shitty kitty city. Yeah, this is my shitty kitty city ditty. <laughs> Hello, and this is the song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a long song. It's really well written. Yeah. Will, you're going to perform it right now, I believe, right? <laughs> yes, Gareth. It's called What Sayest Thou. <laughs> 
Okay, so how does the presentation work then? We we uh, take our uh, product out. So we take our product. We have like you know we have some illustrations. We have pie charts, whatever it is. Uh-huh. We're like here's some samples. We give the shark samples. Okay. And uh, then they'll determine whether or not they want to invest in our Netflix uh, eyeball drug. Okay. And do people do you, like how's the, do people suck up to the sharks do, or dragons? Do they, is it as, like, do you go straight, like, do you beg them? Do you, like, do you try to be confident? What's the best approach? I think the truth is having a good product <laughs> is really what it is. It's like people, I mean, some people are good salesmen, but they, when they don't have answers to questions, then I think, you Well, know. that is the one thing about this show that probably makes it work a little bit, like, is the fact that you have got like billionaires there, I assume, yeah. who are spending their own money. Right? Yes, yes. So, like, they're not just going to pick the person who's good for telly. No. They're going to go, yeah, yeah, no, good spiel. Yeah, a lot of times there's like but, great, great, you know, someone will yeah. be like, if I if I don't get this, I, I don't know what I'll do, you know, and they'll be like, I mean, and I appreciate your story, but I, I just don't think you have a patent. That's right. a problem. I'm out. You know, and the person's like, okay, bye. You're like, leave, left me with a weird feeling. Yeah, I'm just the boy I ordered standing in front of a shark <laughs> asking him to fund me. I'm out. Get the fuck out of here. I'm out. Yeah, I one time was uh, up late watching Shark Tank, and they all passed on this woman who had this like um, Alaskan glacier mud that was like for masks, oh, yeah, you know, like right. mud sure. masks. Yeah. And I've never had anything like that. And I, for whatever reason, I was like, "Well, fuck this." I was like, "I'm going to order some of her mud," and I ordered some of her mud. And used it. So I started, and now I like, I mean, it's a disaster, obviously. Like, as soon as it arrived, I was like, what's going on with me? I need to really, I need to really check what's, I mean, I need to get my priorities in check. Uh, Okay. I'm ordering mud mud mask from a glacier. You're ordering mud. And a little brush, a little brush to like apply it. (laughs) (laughs) And when would you apply it? I, well, How that would be work? the thing. The thing would be that I'd be like, when, when, when will I apply it? Because you need like 15 minutes and like, you know, you look a little muddy after. Um, you know, you look like you've had mud on your face. Uh, glacier mud. <laughs> not cheap mud. Not any mud. But so I would be like, man, when am I going to have the time? So I'd have to wait until like I had a night off or something. And then I just have to be like, you know, almost like a woman going through a breakup. Be like, well, I'm going to get some food and I'm just going to put on my mud mask and watch my reality shows. Just, you know, a me night. Have a little white wine. Did you feel like there was any effects from the mud mask? I think my skin felt better after I put the mud on. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I, th- I mean, I, who knows? <laughs> who knows the actual science behind it? It might just be, I just put mud on my face like an idiot. That's probably like what it is. Mud <laughs> yeah, totally. It's placebo mud. Placebo mud. And so I think that, uh, you know, minimal effects, minimal effects. But what a ride. Do you think she's still in business, the mud lady? I think she is because I think her business model is she just goes and grabs mud. You know, so how is it, how hard is it to keep, how hard is it to just fucking throw some mud in a box? Even if someone orders one a month, you just got to be like, all right, I'm going to go get some of that fucking mud. You know, like on your break from waitressing, even if you wanted, you can keep that business going. All right, well, I, I'm, I'm not going to have my free lunch. I'm going to go get a bunch of mud. Brenda, you still doing that mud thing? Yeah, part-time. part-time. You know, whenever someone wants the mud, I get some. There's some idiot in L.A. who keeps ordering the mud and the brushes. So, you know, once a month, I just go and grab some mud. 
you know, I don't know what he thinks. She gets the brushes from CVS. Yeah, she just, yeah, totally, just specialized mud brush. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's totally like she stole it from like a supercuts. <laughs> um, Jessica Alba is a billionaire. Whoa. What? Jessica Alba uh, started her own, the actress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I would hope. Started her own uh, kind of like cosmetics and, you know, mud and baby care. and It's like some sort of natural company and it's worth like wow. a billion So dollars. is that why she's not in stuff anymore? Yeah. She's just kind of like, fuck up. She had some babies and decided, yeah. I think, like, I think that, I don't know all the details of this, obviously, but um, I think that the, the thing was she was having babies and couldn't find the sort of stuff she wanted and like started this little business and there's just become this like massive, massive, and you're like, Jessica Alba's a billionaire. Wow. That's tough. Jessica, Jessica Alba could be a dragon. Wow. That's crazy. She probably could, she could be. She could be a dragon. Be a great dragon. That's her big comeback. Yeah, her comeback is Jessica Alba is a dragon. Yeah, this year. This year. Yeah. Well, because how they tape them is they tape like five a day for five days. Right. Because these people are busy, obviously. So it's like when they're in that room, they tape a season in like five days. Alba could fit that in. Yeah, Alba could totally do that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, listen. Let's look at that. All right. (laughs) More problems solved. What do you what do you think like when if when we look back on this time what is to you what is one of the things that'll be I I always think of I mean as an American I always think of Iraq I mean that one is just such a clear like I mean I think whoops yeah, yeah I mean well he's what I was uh, I was talking to Graham Elwood about this the other day and he and I've been thinking about it a little bit since and there was some obviously some major manipulations and lies and mistakes and made by um, you know, America to go to war in Iraq in the yeah. first place. But the second thing is that what I really just I think the world changed and like it's reflective of all the world. Like we're in this society now because of things like the internet. And again, you look at the internet as being the big thing that changes the world. Yeah. Like people don't fight wars and have conflicts in, in the same way as they used to. Yeah. Right? You know? So like it's like sending troops in to fight ISIS. ISIS aren't just a fucking army that you can like yeah, send yeah. some troops in. You're not like going ISIS, into ISIS land. ISIS is like an ideology that they're living on the internet and they're you know, their whole thing is like getting you know, lone wolves to you know act in their name in yeah. these like I mean, you can't just like bomb that. Yeah. It doesn't work like that, you yeah. Know? So the whole world's changed and it, that's the problem. They've taken the wrong there was a problem in the Middle East. It wasn't in Iraq, but there was a problem in the Middle East and whatever, but they just took the wrong solution to the yeah. problem and it's made things much worse, yeah. you know? I, I think, well, I just think that like the more, you know, the more, I mean, it's almost right now, I mean, it's already kind of written in a way. I mean, who knows the exact conclusion, but it's not a good one. Oh, I, I mean, this is the thing. Like at the start when people are against us going to war in Iraq, like that was speculative going, oh, we shouldn't be going there. Yeah. But what you've got to admit now is it, did not go well. Yeah. And, and it was the whole sell on it was be very, very hard for them to pull this out. Like it, it basically what we're at with the Iraq war is we're going into the final season of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Like there's been some points up yeah. until then where you might you know what? Yeah. Walter still might like pull this out. He might pull this out. Pull this out yeah. and everything will live happily ever <laughs> yeah. after. Yeah. But you know, by the time you get to the final season You're just you're excited like, for the train wreck. You know what? <laughs> 
I mean, we've got to see how this plays out, but yeah. no one's going to be a winner. <laughs> he's going to die. I mean, he's going to die. No, we all know he's going to die. He's going to die. Just like, who else is he going to take yeah, down Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except it's not as entertaining, sadly. Right. Yeah, and it went for heaps longer. Yeah, long run. Way past its prime. Keeps getting renewed. Yeah. It's the Grey's Anatomy of Wars. Oh, which is still on the air. Still on the air. Isn't that amazing? How is that possible? It's like it's... I don't understand... Who's watching it? Some people, obviously. Who are they? A secret society. I want their names. Well, I imagine you could get them. Okay. I imagine there's a <laughs> list of somewhere at the Grey's Anatomy office who sends them a fucking card every year. Yeah, thank you for everything. Here's $100. Yeah. Well, the truth is the way that they register ratings is so stupid that it's probably, you know, if, yep. you, have, if you have a select few who like a show, then it looks like a shitload do. Oh, because they because it's only a uh, like it's, it's a, a survey, so it's, it's a selective survey. Yeah. yeah. So essentially, they extrapolate the rest of the results out of the, uh, a minor sampling, and not uh, not even a very good sampling. How does it how does it work in Australia? Yeah. Well, similarly, uh, in some ways, uh, for all the cable television stuff, obviously you can get direct amounts of like they know, who, yeah, because of the technology that delivers it to your home. You right. Can, you can just. Like if someone watched it, they can even show these days if someone watched something halfway through. Yeah. So you know they're actual watchers of the show. Yeah. Because say, say for example, for for my television show, right? So uh, the majority of the audience, like, you know, that's re- registered, that people write about, you know, there being like a million people or two million people or whatever the number is yeah. watching this show is survey. You right. Know, that's really a thousand people that they've extrapolated out to yeah. be two million people. Yeah. Then you have the, the cable download ones where you can actually go, oh no, well, 200,000 people watch this here or whatever. Yeah. And the other one is like, yeah, catch up TV now, like, you know, Netflix pills or you yeah. know, ABC iView or whatever. Yeah. And so those are actual view views. Like, right. I'm always like, people like, because some people are like, oh, you know, we want everyone to watch it while it's on TV, so we get big numbers. I'm like, I kind of like the iView numbers because you're like, well, at least this is someone who went it's to their concrete. thing and you know that they wanted to yeah, watch this thing. It's it totally more, like a, you know. which is really how TV is being watched anyway. Yeah. I mean, at this point. Um, well, that'll be interesting. I mean, all those things, like, people will look back on that stuff and go, oh my God, you, like, watched a television show. Like, yeah. It was on. Every oh, week, well, and you had to wait for yeah. it to be except on for every all in the week. family. Yeah. That was on every fucking day, <laughs> but totally. I was thinking, I we just like did, you used to go to a, sh- a place to buy a movie. We to just take it back to you, dude. I mean, there's still like a couple you of those rewind hanging up. Rewind, rewind. I, we did uh, a podcast about. Um, Basically, this boxing, this this bit about uh, boxing, and Dave posted the video of this boxing match, um, where it was basically a football player versus this this guy who was uh, trained with other boxers, and it was from that time where you had to record it on TV, and so there's parts of commercials in it, and it's like warped when it kind of comes back in, and it is it really is fucking nuts to think of how. That used to, like, what it used to be like. It's the same with phones. It's like it used to just be, like, how the fuck did it work? You used, like, I would literally, like, if we were going to do this podcast, you would have called me and we would have gotten on the phone, we would have arranged this, and then really couldn't change plans after a certain time. I know. And it would have taken me about an hour and a half on the phone to explain to you (laughs) what a podcast was. (laughs) 
<laughs> you mean a future radio. A future radio. Because ah, I've gone back in time with the technology. With James Cameron. And the better name. Yes. Because ah, James, here's what happens. Yeah. James Cameron hears the podcast. Yes. Right? Because he's connected to, I'm sure he's he, like. Well, he probably hears it on, he's probably got an antenna in his skull. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so he hears the podcast. Yeah. Well, he's got, he feels the podcast. He's got his version of like Terminator Google alerts. Yeah. So when it just pops up on his eye. And it basically, yeah. And it's whenever anyone, like the keywords are like James Cameron yeah. Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then if it actually. Is James Cameron a Terminator? If, if it's the question, is James Cameron a Terminator? It pops up right at the top of the list. Bing, 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 right. bing. And yeah. then he has to deal with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, he can't be leaving bodies because that's going to leave a trail of like, you know, destruction, right? Yeah. So what he does instead is he pays people off. Like yeah. he funds their dreams and stuff like yeah. that. So that's... Yeah, he puts them underwater. He puts them underwater. Or he just has them work on the Avatar project that is really just a, a time suck. No, he says, look, here's what I'll do. You can't put this podcast out, but I will give you the capacity to time travel. Yeah, right. Like, seriously, you can do that? He goes, look, we can only go back in time and I can't go that far, but I can <laughs> take you back to the start of podcasts. <laughs> And you can take the equipment back. Yeah. And you can <laughs> call them whatever you want. St- yeah. Future radios? Future. Uh, yeah. No, I was thinking better radios. Future but- radios. Better radios. That's what it was. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. I fucking fucked the callback, huh? Well, that, no, but our idea was future radios, but James Cameron was like, better radio. Better radio. Like, you know, He's already punching it up. And you're like, that is better. Good call, <laughs> yeah. James. Yeah. Good Thank call, you, James. JC. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then I go back in time and I'm the inventor of future radio. Yeah. Yeah. Might have been what Marin did. Or whoever. Corolla. Who started it? No, well, no one. I mean, people before those guys. Yeah. You were probably before them. No. No. Like, but there was people, there was people making podcasts, you know, 10. 10, 12, 15 years ago or something Jesus. like that. They just weren't kind of like, cause, but, but that, back then... Like, but it was hard. It was like so much less accessible, I'm sure. Well, basically, yeah, because even now people think it's hard to download a podcast when it's not at Jesus. all. Jesus. But... Really? But, but yeah. It couldn't be easier. Could not be easier. But people still, I think the name, I think there's still part yeah. of it that people's like... Oh, well, nah. No, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> Sounds like all in the family to me. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think there are some people yeah. who are all in the family podcast. Yeah, right? that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but back in those days, like 15 years ago, there were people making podcasts that no one had the technical expertise to ever listen to. Yeah. You know, like they the only people who had the expertise to download a podcast were the people making the podcast in the first place. And that's probably what it was. There and were like two listens, yeah. you and me. Yeah. Yeah. We've made... We've look. We've run off a tape for our family. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's really what it would be. What is this? It's my podcast. What, what is this? I DVD, don't like it. What is this DVD you've given me? It's my podcast. It's my podcast. I'm an early podcast. Put it in your portable CD player and listen to it. <laughs> the disc man. Yeah, yeah. The original podcast was on a disc man. Disc man. Yeah, you'd had you just put it on a CD. It's like a mixtape, except it's just me talking. The Disc Man. I think we talked about the Disc Man on yeah. this. I talked about the Disc Man in my last special. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, I, maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm thinking that we we had that conversation, I think but I've just seen about you do it, it. As well, but yeah. I do. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> the car phone of music. I mean, it's just. Yeah. That's a moment, you know, like when people. Car phone was the greatest. Because that was the moment where, like, you were like, that was the coolest thing in the entire. It, and it was six months. A year, right? It was really short. My mother had one, and it was 
really a short shelf life of like, oh my God, I'm calling you from the car. Because someone down the street was like, I'm calling you from anywhere. I think that that when you see something come and go like that so quickly, where you're like, this is going to be the biggest thing forever. And then like two years later, it's like, oh yeah, we've moved on. Yeah. You're like, oh, that must have been. You just have, I mean, even look back at the first iPod. You look at it now, you're like, look at that janky piece of shit. (laughs) You know? Like at the time you were like, wait, what? What? Like it was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. Dude, I mean, come on. Steve Jobs, every time he was hitting that stage, was just like, uh, get a shovel because your minds are going to be fucking blown. And now, and now, like, with the Apple Watch, I like, the, the commercials for the Apple Watch yeah. make me so irritated because they're like, it, it doesn't provide that thing. It doesn't, it's not that thing where you're like, oh, wow, that's great. And they're still portraying it like it's this life-changing, well, it's a wrist phone. No, but what I love the most about it is I... That it it's not doesn't even work independently. You need it to you need to have your phone in your fucking pocket. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, of course. But secondly, even in the ads, they can't even work out any practical applications no. of it yet. Yeah. Like, no, there's that, nothing. That's my favorite thing. And like, it's just more shit the phone would do. They can't and they can't tell you anything that's on it. There's like no. They're yeah. like basically they're like look, people like Fitbits. Yeah. So we thought. What if it can count your steps? steps? It's a pedometer. It's a pedometer. Um, also, it keeps the time and your texts. You get texts, and you can go to see a movie. Book a movie on it. It's your fucking phone. It's your phone. It's your phone on your wrist. It's just your phone on your wrist. Okay, fine. Steve Jobs didn't leave much. Okay, if we're being fucking honest, we're fucked. We are out of shit. What do you guys want from us? You can watch YouTube on your phones. We're done. It's over. James Cameron has some ideas, but I think they're stolen from another time. <laughs> that would be great to see Apple do. The head of Apple just be like, we are out. We're out. We're done. Steve Jobs was a great thinker, and he ain't coming back. To be honest, for the last few years, we've cobbled through together a few things from old notes. Maybe Mainly doodles. Things he, he had a lot of doodles. Through. We think the watch was maybe not supposed to be a thing he wanted. He was just buying a new watch and was doodling it on a conference we're not, we're call. We're really not sure about we're that. We're not at sure. All. Um, we were working on the Apple Car, but uh, that is a train wreck. Yeah, that's. It's just a car that. It's a watch. I mean, <laughs> it's a watch car, which is already a phone. It's it's the same shit. We are out of shit. Okay, we're changing the name to Orange. Fuck it. We're done, people. We are out. We're leaving on the lowest note possible. Stop showing up to this shit. Stop taking pictures. Don't take pictures of this shit. We're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've jumped the shark tank. Right, but they're still the biggest company in the world. So still, but still. yeah, but that's all. But that it feels and like the, I, the new iPhone is actually a lot better than the. Yeah, I'm also a real ones. dickhead because I just don't buy into a lot of. The, I just don't. I, mean, I have the iPhone four, which people look at me like I'm an idiot. Well, I did because I had the shitty old burner phone here for years. And yeah, that's I right. I finally got the, like, the new phone. And there was one of those things where I was like, you know, this is a pretty good yeah. phone. <laughs> that's what I, I got the iPhone probably about a year ago. And up until then, I had a flip phone or like whatever, just a shitty phone. Yeah. And I, the whole time, I was like, ah, oh, man, you know, and everyone was like, dude, once you get it, you'll love it. And I was like, I don't think I will. And then it really is. You're like, well, this is pretty fucking unbelievable. This yeah. is pretty crazy. 
There's so much shit I can do in Access. I had an iPad Mini that um, I actually just got at a gig. It wasn't like I didn't buy it. It's a it was, great gig. Yeah, it was a corporate event, but everyone who was there got one. Jesus. Yeah. And uh, I quite liked that for a while. And then I went back to Australia and I got like the big iPhone 6 Plus. Uh-huh. And then poor Mini. Poor Mini. Uh, oh, never, yeah. Never, Daddy? Daddy, never come. Never touched again. Daddy? Mini got locked in the basement. Daddy? Dad, <laughs> the Spielberg office. <laughs> M night, Dad. <laughs> M night. <laughs> M night to you all. M night to you all. <laughs> I uh, and to all of you, M night. And to all an M night. <laughs> I think if we went, I was talking it was about the, this. It was the M night before Christmas. It was the M night before Christmas, and <laughs> all through the house, not an idea was stirring. <laughs> Because daddy was out. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. Um, what do you, I, got, I was going to say one thing. Do you feel like we're done? Well, look, we no. finish on that, I'll say one thing. No, we'll finish on that. Mine was going to be like, there's more to it. No, go on. No, no, no. I think we're good. That was a good All end. Right. Okay. Yeah, that felt good. Yeah, apart from this bit. This bit is terrible. <laughs> I ruined. I've I've almost now created the environment where you need the thing that I wasn't going to say because of how shitty I made it. And you know what the the best thing about that is? That's how a riff on M Night Shyamalan should end. Yes. A disappointing ending. Yes. That ruined everything that the, came before. The, the, t- the perfect. <laughs> Dude, M. Night Shyamalan directed this we, episode. We M. Night Shyamalan the shit out <laughs> totally. of Totally. Everyone waiting and then nothing. Fucking, it's water. Disappointing. It's ending. water. Aliens can't, aliens can't handle water, ladies hang and gentlemen. On. Well, you mean that, hang on, they're, they're just in a, the world didn't end and they're just... Uh... No. Nope. <sighs> nope. God, Sorry about that. Terrible. I know. The end, the real ending here is that it's not good. Oh, God. God, why uh, am I still coming to this film? Uh, I don't know. M. Night to you. <laughs> M. Night to you all, goddammit. <laughs> uh, Gareth, where can people find well, The Dollop, obviously, uh, your podcast with Dave Anthony. The Dollop. Uh, um, I don't know when this will come out, but I'll be doing a uh, set I'm, I'm list. Doing a, I'm doing a new thing with the podcast, as people would have noticed uh, recently. There's been a lot of them go up. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, because I've lost a bunch of episodes, here's what I've identified about my pattern of behavior that might help me not lose episodes. Okay. Basically, the more time that I have between recording the episode and me posting the episode, the more opportunity I have to lose the episode. Right. I don't know how things happen. I woke up this morning and I went to my iTunes and all my podcasts have just... They were gone? Gone. What? I don't know what's going on. Wait, but the recorded ones that now... Oh, not... But I mean today, this was a different one. Today was like a... Like, or just ones I listen to. Like, other podcasts I listen to. All the ones oh, that download regularly. What? I was like, where do my podcasts Jesus, go? yeah. No, they, I mean... Like, am I sleepwalking and deleting podcasts? Yeah, future radios, but... Uh, future yeah. radios? No, because I'm like, these are called podcasts. Yeah. So I'm deleting them all first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, you're a sleep deleter. <laughs> Holy shit, there's a few of you. James Cameron's been sneaking in. <laughs> Yeah, All one. the ones that have idea that's probably what he just liquefies and goes under your door right. and then just and reemerges. The podcast disappears in any podcast where I discuss something <laughs> that's too close to the truth. And the future, they're just like, James, you're not sticking to the plan. So I'm trying to put them up as closely to when I record okay. them as possible. So I'll be doing um set list this Thursday night uh at a place called Rafa's in Echo Park. 
Um, and then after that, I th- I'm pretty sure I'll be doing a show called uh, Comedians You Should Know at a restaurant called Genghis Cohen in West Hollywood. Uh, so after that, I think that show starts at 9.32. Um, and then, yeah, that'll be it for now. I got a couple others, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, and listen to the dollop and point versus point. Those I will podcasts. be... Uh, <clears throat> At the Soho Theatre in London for two weeks. That's great. First two weeks of June, and we're also doing a first ever live faux fop in the UK, uh, faux fuck, and uh, Felicity Ward is already locked in as a guest, but there will be someone else uh, when I find out who else is in town, and uh, that is on June the 6th as well, and so uh, come and maybe see my show that night and come and see the podcast if you want to do that, that'd be really cool, and uh, then after that, I'm doing the show July the 11th uh, at uh, the Nerdmouth Theatre with uh, Gareth Randolph. Yes, I'm in. Good, awesome. Yes. Uh, July the 11th at the Nerd Melt Theatre and uh, then uh, Montreal Just for Last Festival, Sydney at the Enmore Theatre. That is on sale now and selling fast, which is nice. Thank you. The only Sydney uh, shows of free will this year. Uh, only a couple of nights at the Enmore Theatre. So please uh, come out and see that. And then uh, October the 10th, uh, 9th and 10th, I'll be Perth uh, in Perth with Justin Hamilton doing the free will show there as well. So please come out and see that. Now, and we should mention uh, September 18th through 20 is LA Podcast Oh, Festival. right, yeah. Um, are you, you going to do the dollop? The dollop will be there, yes. You should come and do Do you want to do the live? Yes, uh, would love to. Thing? Yes. So let's do that. Last year, the, the I laughed so hard at <laughs> at the Tofop Fofop last year, Will, it, because we were just drinking beers all day. Right. And by the end, it was so, you were, it was the greatest. You were eating a cupcake off the floor. <laughs> and when Charlie and Dave looked at you at the same time, it was like they had opened like the dressing room while you were changing. You were like, excuse me, <laughs> as you were, gentlemen, I'm just regally having a cupcake. I love, I mean, I love those live shows. I think they always have their own energy and vibe. And they always it feel it like was events, so you know? fun last year. So uh, please come out and see that as well. So, and uh, I'll be flying over from Australia, so I should be feeling crazy. And then, good, that's good to hear. I'll also this Wednesday night be at a place called Hennessy's in Laguna Beach. And uh, and then, yeah, I think we're planning a tour of the dollop for uh, Australia, maybe in August. The dollop down under. So I, we will give more details. Yes. And I will see you again before that as well. Yes. Uh, all right. Thanks, mate. Thank, Thank you, you for much. having me as usual and for everything. <laughs>